Almost Famous with John Shea. Featuring local and independent musicians from the South Shore, Boston, and New England. On 95.9 WATD. Welcome to the Tiny Stage Hour of Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you by Tiny and Sons Glass. I am John Shea. First things first, if you're a local musician, if you have original music you'd like to hear on the radio, get in contact with me. Find all the information at 95.9WATD.com. You can also subscribe to our podcast at almostfamousradio.com and follow along tonight on Facebook and Instagram at almostfamousradio. So this is the Tiny Stage Hour. Tonight we're being joined by singer-songwriter Jennifer Teft. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. For those who might not be familiar with you, give an introduction. I'm Jen. Nice to meet you. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. I'm a... Sort of an indie rock singer, songwriter. I live in Franklin. I've uh, been doing the whole music thing for quite a while now. Put out a bunch of albums, did some touring, had some kids, got back into it, put out some more albums. No touring right now. <laughs> Speaking of which, you know, the obvious question, unavoidable at this point, is the pandemic. How has that affected you? Ah, uh, well, it just sort of shut pretty much everything I do down for quite a while. So um, no gigs. Um, I managed to make the summer somewhat, you know, workable with outdoor gigs and things like that, um, and then did some live streaming stuff. But really, you know, as the cold weather moved in um, in the fall, all the venues, nobody knows what's happening, so nobody's booking anything. So normally at this point of the year, I would have everything booked out till at least October and I think I have like two gigs on the books right now. Yikes. Well, spring <laughs> yeah. is only a few weeks away, so hopefully by That's then we'll, right. we'll have a better idea. I think once people idea. know, yeah, you know. Everybody's staying healthy? So far, so good. That's Not good. Wood, yeah. Excellent. So walk us through your career, because like, like you said, you've been doing this for quite a while. Yeah, so I started out, uh, I don't know, playing in the subways. You know, did the Cambridge, Harvard Square, Davis Square, all that stuff, playing down below ground when I first started, and uh, went to doing a, sort of an acoustic alternative duo thing with my longtime guitar player and songwriting partner, John Perlo, who we still play with. Gradually added band members and uh, released a bunch of albums and, you know, toured and kind of just been plugging along on the original thing for for several years. Um, In the last few years, I've been doing a lot of the solo acoustic cover tune things in clubs and bars, you know, just to pay the bills. But uh, the original music thing is really where my heart is and really, you know, with the pandemic has taken away sort of the the money-making end of things and made me refocus on the creativity of what I like to do and um, writing songs and playing my own music. And, and I think it made me really reevaluate things and hoping as we move forward to get back to that a little bit more. And I first met you here on the South Shore, not that far from the radio station. Back when this show first went on the air, I want to say around 2011, 2012, you were playing at the Tinker's Sun was in it Norway. that long ago? I think oh, it was, God. yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that long ago. <laughs> it feels like yesterday. Yeah, it really does. I love the Tinker's Sun, yeah. I haven't been there in a while. Uh, I hope they're doing all right. Great room. Absolutely. And you, uh, back in January, dropped a new single. I did. I did, finally. I, I thought, you know, with all this downtime, if I didn't come out of it with some new material... <laughs> I was going to be disappointed. So, um, I wrote this song back, I think I, I wrote it back in like April or May, you know, and it really is sort of pandemic related and, and kind of how, you know, I'd sort of 
gone through a rough few years and finally felt like I was, you know, kind of clawing my way back out of the hole financially and emotionally and whatever. And, uh, you know, my business was thriving. I teach, uh, I teach a program called Music Together to little kids and their families. And I had just hit three years with that and things were really starting to, to move forward. And I was going to think about expanding and then everything just shut down. Let's start off the night with a song. What do you want to play first? Uh, I think I'm going to start with this one. This one was uh, off a couple albums ago. I wrote it with my, my bass player, Jeff, and it's called Soliloquy. Okay. We have Jennifer Teft on the tiny stage. It's all yours. 95.9 WATD. I chase your shadow on the ground to keep your image here and you're not around and if the anger the sun is just right you won't be here but you'll be larger than larger Awesome. That's Jennifer Teft on the tiny stage tonight on 95.9 WATD. Talk about how that one was written. Um, that one was um, a track. God, it was a while ago. Um, I had been reading a book by Chuck, pa- I can't say his last name, Palniak. He wrote Fight Club and all those other, but he wrote a book called Choke. And um, it was this one scene in this in the book where um, the, the kid, it's 
the kid's mom always insisted on tracing his shadow on the ground wherever he was um, for some bizarre, strange reason. But it has really nothing to do with the rest of the story. But I just thought that was a really <laughs> cool, a really cool kind of idea that you can trace someone's shadow on the ground. So even when they're not there, they are. And depending on the way the sun is, you know, they may be larger than life. Um, so I was working on those lyrics, and Jeff had come up with this track um, that he had actually sent to a couple other artists that just wasn't really working out, and um, it just kind of came together and jived that way. That's amazing. Wow. I love musicians who are able to write from somebody else's perspective. I always find that fascinating. I don't do it very often, and I want to be able to do more of it because I'm always in awe of you know people who are really truly storytellers from, from different perspectives and can put themselves into other people's shoes, and that's a skill I'm, I'm trying to learn more of. I'm definitely not very proficient at it yet, but that's one song. So You talked <laughs> when we first started off tonight about starting in the subways mm-hmm. in Boston and Cambridge. How did you work your way out of the subways above ground of playing your original music for people, for actual you know, money, for people to pay you? So um, it all started at the Kendall Cafe in Cambridge. Do you, do you remember that? I don't. You don't? Okay. So it was this little sort of bohemian uh, bar performance venue uh, owned by a, an Irish guy, Mike Tallon. Uh, and he just did a really good job of creating a, a really warm um, atmosphere for songwriters and performers. And I started doing the open mic there and then, you know, graduated to the open mic feature <laughs> where you play for tips. And then, you know, got my own gigs there and just slowly built it from there um, as a duo originally with John and I. And then, um, you know, just started slogging, hitting the street and call in booking agents and you know, trying to sell yourself and playing all the crappy Sunday night shows in hopes that maybe you'll get a Friday night next time. (laughs) At what point did you realize that you wanted to exclusively play your original music? Well, I started out always doing my music, and I I attribute that largely to the really crappy guitar player. Um, (laughs) Didn't know what I was doing, so it was easier for me just to make stuff up and accompany myself than to learn other people's songs. And I really had always written uh, poetry and melodies and stuff, so I really started off as a songwriter. I didn't play cover tunes, honestly, until about six or seven years ago when I you know, knew I needed to make a little more income. And um, it was easier to be able to play four nights a week if you're playing cover tunes in a bar somewhere as opposed to trying to fill the room you know, with your own music, in which case you'd have to tour because you can't do that, obviously, you know that close to your house very often so what was the initial reaction from the crowd when you were playing your original music the three people that were there (laughs) (laughs) sure my mom loved it um you know we we did get a lot of really good response it was very um 90s flavored angsty emotive stuff um so we ended up getting a lot of people who really were very invested in what we did and came to every show i wouldn't say that we were packing houses you know right away um, but I think we built a very organic um, connection with people over the years. You know, my songs tend to be somewhat personal um, and um, less storytelling and more sort of emotive. And I think people can relate to them. And they, I've had people, you know, write me or email me telling me, you know, this song got me through this or this song got me through this. And, uh, you know, that means a, a huge amount to me. I'm glad you mentioned the 90s because I've had several female country musicians on the show over the last two or three years. And the one comment they keep mentioning is their frustration with country radio 
not giving enough airtime to female country musicians. And I think I was in junior high uh, for most of the late 90s, and it seemed like there was a time in the late 90s, not necessarily with country, but especially around that Lilith Fair time, when females dominated the airwaves. There was that small window, wasn't there? Um, and it, But it was sort of a... Um, I remember seeing this... I can't remember. Maybe it was Rolling Stone and it was Jewel kind of like, you know, they were lumping all the females into this one thing where it was all like a Lilith Fair genre, right? You had Jewel, you had Sarah McLaughlin, um, Sean Colvin, all those people. Um, and that was great. It brought a lot of uh, awareness to the fact that there are a lot of female artists out there, but there's also a lot of female artists in all of the genres. You know, I mean, you do have a ton of female country artists, and some of them are the best writers and performers out there. And you have a lot of, you know, female punk bands or hardcore bands and stuff like that. And um, I did run into a lot of frustration with, with booking shows um, where, you know, I... I thought that our music was comparable to play with such and such band, but I would end up being put on an all-female bill. You know, it was always very, um, they try to put you like in a... Like gender specific? Yeah, you know, and I feel like even in the 90s with, um, you know, a lot more female artists coming to the forefront for a little while there, um, it still was very hard to be like, okay, how about just evaluating the music and the band and the sound of the band as opposed to like, oh, that's a female-fronted band or, you know what I mean? We're chatting with Jennifer Teft tonight here on WATD. This is Almost Famous. I'm John Shea, and we're on the tiny stage. And time for another song. What are we listening to next? I'm going to do... Someone asked me to do this one. Sorry, I got a tune real quick. Um, this song is off an album. I don't, can't even say it out loud that it was like like 20 years ago. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, I won't mention how old I was then. Please don't. <laughs> Um, yeah, so this one's called Painless, and this was a request. Okay, 95.9 WATD, it's all yours. Thanks. Like the rest Yeah But I was strong Wrong I guess There is a piece of me You would not recognize Call this a shadow of me
Fantastic. Jennifer Teft on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Talk about how that one happened. All right. So uh, have you ever heard of the band Vertical Horizon? I have. Um, their song, We Are? Yes. Um, I don't know. That song, I heard that song on the radio, and everything about it I just loved. It was um, I, like the production, every, their voices, everything. And uh, I wanted to write a song kind of like that. This sounds nothing like that. But that's where it started off as. And um, the lyrics are just, uh, you know, kind of being tired of the one that always goes uh, the extra mile or out of the way to make everything happen. You know, I was like with the band, you know, like always driving the bus, always booking the shows, always, you know, hauling the gear and stuff and just not wanting to be that person anymore. Just wanting someone else to deal with the painful part of things. (laughs) I love it. That is Jennifer I'm Teft. my soul here. It's okay. We love it. <laughs> that is Jennifer Teft on the tiny stage on 95.9 WATD. And we are up against our first break of this hour. We have a lot more to talk about and more music to share right here on Almost Famous 95.9 WATD. Stick around. And now back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. Welcome back to the Tiny Stage Hour on Almost Famous 95.9 WATD, introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. I'm John Shea. Follow us online, Facebook and Instagram tonight, at Almost Famous Radio, and subscribe to our podcast at almostfamousradio.com. It is the Tiny Stage Hour. Tonight, we're being joined by Jennifer Teft. How you doing? I'm good. Sounding great tonight. Thank Thank you for coming to Marshfield. Thank you for having me. I love Marshfield. Anytime. So give another introduction, if you would. Uh, Hi, it's Jen. Um, I don't know. What else should I say? I like dogs. I like chocolate. (laughs) Do you have a dog? I do. I have a dog and a half, actually. Okay. I have my dog, Rudy, uh, who's kind of a a Facebook star. He's all over my Facebook feed. And then I just um, adopted a puppy with my boyfriend, and we have two separate residences, so I only see him half the week. But, nice. And that's Ollie. Yeah. I've got Skippy, a golden retriever. Aw. Old man, but he's a good boy. Yeah, yeah. My dog just had, uh, Rudy just had double knee surgery. So. Oh, boy. Yeah, that was fun. Exciting. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And you just dropped a new single back in January. Talk right. to us about that. Um, it's called Better Days, and... Uh, uh, let's see. I, I did it a totally different way. I actually found a producer on Fiverr, which I've never, ever done anything like that before. But I just wanted to change it up and try something totally different. Um, and we worked completely remotely, uh, just changing files back and forth and stuff. And I was thrilled with how it came out. He was just so easier to um, work with. His name is Javier Zacharias. Um, he's just ridiculously talented, you know, and he sent me like a couple ideas and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. And then the third idea he sent me, I was like, yeah, that's totally spot on. Um, and we just kind of went from there. It was a lot of fun. Before I forget to share your website and your social media pages, speaking of Facebook. Okay. Well, website is jenniferteft.com and there's two F's in Teft. So it's T-E-F-F-T dot com. Um, Facebook slash Jennifer Teft Music. Um, Instagram, Jennifer Teft. Let's see. I'm not on Twitter very often. I do have a TikTok now that my daughter said it up, I'm never on there. So. Sea shanties or anything like that? No. <laughs> not yet. The new single, where is that available? It's available everywhere now. So if you, uh, whatever streaming service you use, or you can download it directly at my website. Awesome. Which I love you forever if you did. Excellent. Um, and buy it. Don't go and stream it. Actually that's buy right. Bandcamp it or something like that. That's right. So I actually can just buy it, to download it right off my website, um, which would be great. 
Fantastic. Let's do another song. What do you want to share with us next? Uh, let's see. I'm going to do a song called Breathe. <coughs> Excuse me. We got Jennifer Teft on 95.9 WATD. The tiny stage is yours. Amazing. Jennifer Teft, 95.9 WATD. How did that one happen? Uh, that was a song I'd been uh, 
working on for a long time, and um, I sent it to my my bass player Jeff, who's a really great producer as well, and we worked on that together. I'd say for over a year, um, and uh, just hashing ideas, and then we just weren't quite in love with the way it didn't have that original chorus to it. Um, so we sent it to our friend Todd Tebow. I don't know if you know Todd. I do. Uh, love him. I love Todd. He's just a fantastic songwriter, great performer. And um, sent it to him just to see if he, you know, had any feelings on it. And he he added uh, the actual chorus to it um, and really made the song come together. So it was really a cool collaboration. When you're writing it, you typically lyric-based or melody-based? Um, it depends. It, it definitely depends. Um, sometimes the melody comes first. Sometimes the lyrics and the melody go together. Um, a lot of times I'm just sort of spatting out phonetic things just to feel the phrasing in a melody um, and put the lyrics in afterwards um, based on what sounds I've, I've kind of liked, um, vowels and consonants and stuff like that. Uh, sometimes I've written lyrics that um, I find that to be hardest, actually, when I've written a full set of lyrics trying to smoosh them into something. You know what I mean? Um, trying to make the phrasing fit into a melody or something like that. So I think a lot of times it's probably maybe melody-based first, I guess, now that I think about it. Whether it's lyrics or melody, where do your ideas typically come from? That's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I tend I tend to sit down and write when I'm grumpy, um, <laughs> or when you know it's an outlet, right? You know, if, if you're processing something internally, it's a good way to kind of get it out. Um, uh, sometimes it's situational, like I said with the new single that was born out of sort of the situation created by the pandemic. Uh, sometimes it's relationship based, um, as anyone who who dates a songwriter knows. <laughs> you got to be careful; you're going to end up uh, in a song. Been there. Yep. Uh, my whole last album was a divorce album, uh, so that's where that came from. <laughs> we were talking off air about Bruce, and yeah. one of his best albums, I think, is Tunnel of Love which was a divorce album. Right? You get a lot of material from that. <laughs> it is, is, is a deep, deep uh, hole to mine, for sure. How do you then keep, well, once you have a song idea, how do you then keep those ideas current and keep your sound fresh? I honestly don't know how to answer that question. I just do what I do. Um, you know, And I think a lot of the current and the sound and keeping things relevant and fresh comes in the production phase of things, right? Um, a song is a song, and it can be anything. You can write a song, and depending on how you produce it and deliver it, it could be a rock song, it could be a country song, you know what I mean? So I think as far as um, you know, keeping things relevant and fresh, it's, that's a production thing. Um, although you know, songwriting has really changed in the last, I would say, 15, 20 years. You know, used to be sort of a formula, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, out. And now there's, you know, you listen to artists like Billie Eilish and sometimes you know the song structures are kind of fluid they're all over the place or a lot of the rap stuff and hip-hop things um, and a hook today might be an instrumental section absolutely. of a song as opposed to a, a verse or a chorus yeah I mean it's a hook is essentially whatever you walk away with right that you can't forget right that's what you um, you leave the song with originally is that hook and um, I think that with you know a lot of the newer music um, has sort of opened up you know, the boundaries of songwriting a little bit, which has been really cool to explore. My son is really into music that I never really, like, you know, he he's went way down the rap rabbit hole and stuff, and it took me a while to kind of, I never wanted to be one of those moms that was like, ah, music these days. But um, 
you know, I listened to him with like Mac Miller and Brock Hampton and Kendrick Lamar and stuff. I found a lot of really cool stuff going on in those that, you know, I'm trying to learn from and incorporate into what I do. Earlier in the program, you mentioned Music Together. Talk to us about that. How did that start and what's it all about? Well, Music Together is a, it's a program that's been around since the 80s. And I discovered it with my kids. Um, I saw a listing one day for a free class. So it took my son, who was probably, I don't know, maybe a year at the time. And it's basically a community group music class. So it's uh, you go in with your children and the parents are very much integral part of the class as well. So it's not a drop your kid off kind of thing, you know. Um, we start with children as young as, I think my youngest was eight weeks old and go up to six years. And um, it's really about immersing kids in a fun music environment, um, knowing that they learn best through play. We, we show them how to do music. We don't teach them. We just involve them in it and participate, and the parents really participate. Um, we explore a lot of different instruments in all kinds of ways. We do a lot of, you know, dancing and singing. And, you know, to most of the parents' horror, I really make them sing a lot. We have them doing, <laughs> I have them doing harmony parts. I have them doing rounds. And, you know, the first couple of weeks are a little sketchy because they're terrified. And after a while, like, we just get really silly and we have a ton of fun. And, um, you know, they can really see that connection with their child and their child developing a love for music from watching their parent love music and making music with their own body, you know, and building a, a music community. So it's, it's been a ton of fun. I can't really even call it a job. That's amazing. Yeah. Sounds like a blast. It is. Is there a place people can go to learn more information on that? Yep. So you can go to Franklin MMM, that's three M's.com. Um, that's the website that has all the information there. And, um, or you can just email me, whatever. I can give you all the info. Love that. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Maybe not so much kids of that age, but aspiring songwriters that are emerging today. What advice would you give somebody who's just starting off in music and looking to maybe make this their career? Um, well, so what I always regretted that I didn't do was um, I should have gotten in my car with, well, you can't do it today, right? But when this is all craziness is over, get in your car and just go and play and play everywhere. Play any place you possibly can play and play on your own for a while. You know, I always thought like I, w I was not a great guitar player. I'm still not a great guitar player. Um, but I always felt like I needed that full band behind me to accomplish what I wanted. Um, and in a way that is kind of prohibitive. It's very hard to tour with a full band, um, you know, and it's hard to feed a full band on the road and pay for hotels. Um, but I'd say just do as much as you can on your own. Really learn your craft. Learn learn how your voice works. Learn how your instrument works. Experiment. And um, don't be afraid to fail. You're going to throw songs out there that are going to suck and they're going to bomb. And that's okay. You know, the Beatles wrote millions of songs, right? And not all of them are, are hits. But just really, really just find what it is about why you want to do this and really dig deep into it. Great advice. That is Jennifer Teft on 95.9 WATD. Let's do another song. What's next on your list tonight? All right. I'm going to, this was another request. So when I said I was coming here today, I threw it out on my web page, on my Facebook page to see what people, I never know what to play on these things. So, um, <laughs> sorry, I got to fix this. We love requests. Right. Um, this song is called Air, and it's actually um, one of my favorite songs off my last album, um, it's just the arrangement came out beautiful, and it's a very personal song for me, so I love playing it. Let's hear it. Jennifer Teft, 95.9 WATD.
eyes with heavy sighs, heavy weight of compromise. And I've reached out, yes, I've reached out at least a thousand times. Nice. Jennifer Teft, 95.9 WATD. Talk us through that song and why it's so personal to you. That song is about uh, a relationship with a certain person who my whole life um, I've been kind of always there for, always kind of gone out of my way to be there, to help them, to reach out to them. 
And then when I was in a really hard situation, um, it wasn't very nice to me <laughs> um, and wasn't there for me, you know, but, you know, reaching out and, and always having that, you know, connection with that person, but just kind of feeling them slip away, you know. Absolutely. Let's talk influences for a moment here. Who did you grow up listening to and who are you listening to now? Who I grew up listening to is kind of a mishmash. You know, I was listening to my parents' stuff, which was like, you know, Rod Stewart, Simon and Garfunkel, Carol King, Cream, all that. Then my brother got a hold of me and we listened to like The Doors and Aerosmith and Zeppelin and all that stuff. But what I really connected to was like 90s stuff, you know, Pearl Jam, Nirvana, uh, Breeders, all that kind of stuff. I really, I just loved the 90s. I loved the raw, like, emotion and the angst and all of it. I agree completely. Yeah. And these days I'm listening, like, I love, you know, all the streaming stuff where you just, you start on a song and you, it takes you, you know, the recommendations take you all over the place. So um, I've been listening to a band called Cathedrals. Um, I found a new band called Dead Posey, which I love. I listen to a lot of um, a band called Nothing But Thieves, which I was like, totally in love with. I love Bishop Briggs. Um, you know, just trying to kind of let new music kind of, you know, seep its way into my ears instead of going back to my old standbys all the time. What song did you wish you had written? Uh, if you could pick oh God, one. There's a lot of those. <laughs> um, I would like to have written Alleluia. That would have been good. Let me come, right? Um, there's a, a song by a Boston band called Tribe. Uh, it was a Boston band in the 90s, and the lead singer, Janet LaValle, literally is why I wanted to become a singer. She just blew me away. I loved everything about them, and their harmonies were crazy. And they had a song called Joyride, which I just thought was like this perfect rock song. It just had all the dynamics, and it made you want to like break things in a good way. Um, and just it just really worked well together. So I would have I would have liked to have written that one. But yeah, there's a lot of songs I would have liked to have written. Speaking of tribe, how about the local scene? Who are you listening to currently in this community? In this community, let's see. I listen to well, I love Monk. Yeah, I know you've had Monk on oh, your yeah, show. Oh yeah, he's great. Um, he's so talented. Um, I listen to um, there's a, a an old school rock band out of sort of the Milford area that's done really well called Bad Marriage. I've heard of them. Um, friends of mine, and uh, they did great. They were on tour with Tesla before all this stuff got shut down. Um, of course, you asked me this, and I can't think of a single person I listen to <laughs> right now. A friend of mine um, in Mindset X, uh, Steve Heidecheck, is doing a solo album. I love him. Um, yeah, all kinds of people, you know. And give yourself another plug. What's your website and social media information? Uh, shameless promotion. Yes. Uh, JenniferTeft.com, and there are two Fs in Teft. Uh, Facebook is, uh, you know, Jennifer Teft Music or just Jennifer Teft, my personal page. Uh, if you want to see Rudy, Rudy's on my personal page a lot. Uh, Instagram's Jennifer Teft. Um, I think that's all I do. That's all I can handle. There's too many platforms. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> How about another song? What are we listening right. to next? I'm going to play, if I can find my pick, I'm going to play the original version of the single. Ah, cool. Yeah, so... The produced version is a little bit different. I'm still trying to work out the guitar part on that solo acoustic because it's a little different. So I'm going to just play it the way I wrote it, if that's all right. That's fantastic. <laughs> Let's hear it. Jennifer Teft, 95.9 WATD. It's all yours. Thanks. But I 
nice. Jennifer Teft on the tiny stage, 95.9 WATD. Speaking of better days, what do you miss most about live music? Uh, getting out of my house? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, well, I miss playing. I really do miss playing for people. Um, it's different, you know, playing to a, a Facebook live screen or in your family room by yourself. Um, and I miss, I miss the conversations I have in between sets with people. Um, I meet the most interesting people out there at the bar, um, you know, or at the club or whatever. 
So I, I do miss that interaction and, um, you know, just meeting new people and hearing their stories. Do you have a favorite onstage moment? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, well, let me rephrase that. Do you have one that you can say on the radio? <laughs> favorite onstage moment? Um, I don't know. Gosh, there's uh, there's been some really good ones. There's been some really bad ones. Um, I think one of my favorite and worst at the same time is I usually, when I play with the band, I play barefoot. I don't know why. I think it came from a stage fright kind of thing. Grounds me a little bit. I feel less nervous. And we were playing um, Mamakin for the Nemo music conference, which is no longer. But um, And we actually ended up going on right after Aerosmith. So Aerosmith played a set, and then we played. And I had no shoes on. And um, it turns out Joe Perry was hawking loogies all over the stage. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I definitely stepped at a few of those. And, uh, to some of them, that might be an honor. Well, you know, I was kind of like, okay, so I have his snot on my foot. That's kind of cool, but that's really just freaking gross. And, I mean, when that first happened, I was right in the middle of a song, and I kind of was like, Ugh. You know, it's like when you step in dog poo. You have that feeling. <laughs> so that, yeah, that was a good one and a bad one. Jeez, okay. <laughs> I think that tops them all so far. You think? I think so. <laughs> oh, I did when I worked at a club. This has not a performance thing, but I worked at a club in Worcester in college, and we had to get on stage and dance the tequila dance, and they would bring in a live donkey and put a poor sombrero, a sombrero on the poor guy's head, and uh, it was that. That's a good one too. Along a similar subject, how about your favorite moment that you witnessed, a live concert moment that you actually saw but not performed at? That I saw but not performed at. Okay, well, this is going to be a little bit different. It's not really of the performers. Um, I went. To, I took my daughter to her first Twenty One Pilots concert, and she was obsessed with them. And for me, I watched her the entire time, and she knew every word. And there's a lot of words in those songs. Tyler Joseph is very prolific, um, and I watched her just get it. She just she came out of there, and she's like, "I found my people. I get this live music thing. It's so different. And you're like with all these people singing these songs, and it's this moment." And I was like. Oh, she gets this. Yeah, seeing somebody simple. witness their first concert is oh, amazing. Oh, my God. It was It was probably I, – I have a video of it. I will go back and watch it all the time because I just I, – I really – it was like being at my first concert again, watching her and getting those goosebumps and, and everything. So that's what live music is all about. Excellent. Yeah. We are up against our final break of the night. Mike Joshua, by the way, Americanorama coming your way at 10 tonight. But right now, we have to take our final break. We have a look at the forecast and then more with Jennifer Teft right here on the Tiny Stage 95.9 WATD. And now, back to Almost Famous on 95.9 WATD. For the final time tonight, welcome back to the Tiny Stage on 95.9 WATD. Introducing you to independent bands and musicians from across New England. Brought to you, as always, by Tiny and Sons Glass. I'm John Shea. Tonight, we're on the Tiny Stage with Jennifer Teft. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? I am great. Missing live music, but doing great. This is like the epitome of social distancing. You're in a different room. It is. I love that I can still do this because we're, right? we're, like, we're literally like social distancing to the extreme. I know. Three feet of glass, <laughs> a lot of cable, <laughs> microphones. <laughs> it Nothing works. getting through there. Exactly. So give your website and social media information again, if you would. All right. It's jenniferteft.com. Two Fs in Teft. Uh, Facebook is Jennifer Teft or Jennifer Teft Music. i got two pages. Uh, Instagram is at Jennifer Teft. 
Awesome. And a new single that just dropped in January. Tell yeah. us about that. Um, so I, it was a song that I wrote really quickly, and I loved the way it came together. I worked with a new producer um, in a totally different format and released it finally in the, at the end of January. I'm really proud of it. And the video came out so good. If you have go to YouTube and look it up. Um, it was filmed in Bulgaria. I wasn't there. <laughs> um, this amazing dancer, and uh, the, she just interpreted the song like perfectly. And I, just, I watch it all the time. I just love it. Awesome. Better Days is the name of the song. We've played it quite a bit here on ATD. We love it. Thank you. And we'll continue to do so. So before we wrap things up, what is next for you? In general, in life? Whatever. Music, life, okay. anything. <laughs> well, I'm working on another song. Um, it's called Fade or Burn, which is currently I'm working on that with my bass player. And um, I'm doing a lot of uh, research and learning how to uh, write for TV and film. So I'm kind of hoping to dive into that realm of things over the next few months. Awesome. Before we hear the final song tonight, a question that's kind of prominent right now. What can people do right now to support local music and local musicians in their community? Wear your mask and wash your hands so that this thing ends and we can all go back to work. Good advice. <laughs> Love it. What are we closing out the night with? I'm going to do one of my favorite Joan Osborne tunes. Uh, it's called St. Teresa. All right. Love this song. Jennifer, thank you again. Get home safely, and we'll talk to you soon. Best of luck with the new projects, and Thanks. everybody stay safe. Thank you. Same to you. Show me my terror.
do. 